1: Well, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program, friends. Rob Breckenridge with you as we wind down what has been certainly a very eventful week, both at home and abroad. We will obviously talk more about the situation in Ukraine in this hour. The prime minister is set to speak uh, sometime between 2.30 and 3, uh, following a conversation with other NATO leaders earlier today. So is Canada prepared to do more uh, to help Ukraine and put pressure on Vladimir Putin? I hope so. Uh, so we'll find out more coming up uh, later on in this hour. We'll also hear from uh, Shuvalo Majumdar with the McDonald laurier Institute to get his thoughts on uh, what can be done uh, to to really send a message to Putin and, and stop him in his tracks here. So it's been encouraging, I suppose, to see in the first couple of days of this, the brave fight the Ukrainians are putting up. So how best can we support them? Well, so we're going to get some uh, thoughts from our first guest in this hour on the situation in Ukraine, uh, what Canada can do to support the Ukrainian government, the people of Ukraine. And also, I want to get into a really interesting issue that uh, she wrote about this week at The Line, theline.substack.com, about the World Economic Forum. Michelle Rempel-Garner, Conservative uh, Member of Parliament for Calgary Nose Hill, joins us on the line here this afternoon. Michelle, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: What a week it's been. Uh, you know, you put out a statement uh, yesterday regarding the situation in Ukraine. I mean, obviously, you were there on the government side of things eight years ago when, when Putin moved into Ukraine in 2014. Your thoughts on what we've seen so far and what kind of a response is necessary, you think?
0: Uh, well, peace has been shattered yeah. in on the European continent. So, you know, this, this affects everyone in the world. Uh, you know, when you think about the lasting peace that we've had since... The great wars it, that happened because we put in place institutions that incented countries to build peace and stability. And what Putin has done here is is just completely disregard that. And uh, what's happening in Ukraine to a sovereign nation is is something that the entire world should be um, condemning and and every and offering every assistance possible. Uh, to end this uh, brutal invasion.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, I don't want to to politicize it too much. I think the government's moving in the right direction. I think we're belatedly doing the the right thing, and certainly when it comes to supplying arms to Ukraine, that for whatever reason we were reluctant to do up until this point. What what have you seen so far initially anyway in terms of how Canada's responding?
0: Yeah, I won't politicize this either outside of saying I think that part of not part of the problem. A big problem right now is that the the international community can't wrap their head around the fact that this is actually happening. And I think that you know there are still there's still some thought that this is an, a situation that can necessarily be resolved entirely through diplomacy or appeasement. Um, you know, the actions that, of the the aggression of the Russian government or, or of Putin on Ukraine. Just blows that out of the water. So, from that perspective, the government of Canada and other governments have not taken um, all of the steps that they could from a sanction perspective to really put the pressure on Putin personally, as well as um, on on his oligarchs. Uh, there's a, a great piece written by Scott Gilmore and McLean that outlines this really succinctly. I, you know, I. Will I won't repeat all of that, but there is more that we could be doing right away that um, I think that Putin is, is banking on the world not doing. And uh, this is, we have to act fast on this. This isn't removed from us. This affects the entire world. And, uh, you know, it's really frustrating to, to sort of watch people dismiss this Um I, I think that dismissing what's happening, anybody who's going like, "Well, it's not our problem." It's, it's everybody's problem. Outside of you know the the gross um, inhumanity of the situation, this threatens the entire uh, piece of the world right now, and I we we, we must move. We must yeah. move.
1: Well, hopefully we hear more of that from the prime minister later in the hour. We'll see what he has to say. Turning our attention to, to domestic matters, and, and certainly, look, it's been a tumultuous time in Canada. Uh, you know, I think certainly conservatism in some ways is at, at a crossroads. Obviously, your party is about to embark on a, another leadership race here. Uh, th- there's an interesting uh, trend that's been happening, I suppose you could call it that, one that that you wrote about uh, at The Line, if folks want to read it. It's theline.substack.com. And it's about that conversation within conservative circles. But but something that you've seen that that is of concern to you, what seems to be, I think, almost conspiracy theories uh, around the world economic form. Talk a bit about what you've been seeing and hearing and, and why you felt compelled to, to push back against some of this.
0: Well, I know that this is a very hot button issue uh, for a lot of people, um, I would encourage, because I wrote, I think, 2,500 words on this, I would ask that your readers who care about this issue, that they would, you know, it's posted on my Twitter page, they would go and read it, uh, because I don't have time to, you know, summarize the whole thing here. All I would just say is this. um, Our government is not particularly effective in Canada, and I think that um, a lot of Canadians, regardless of political stripe, really feel unempowered right now because freedoms have been taken away through the pandemic. We've seen a lot of glaring problems with our big systems in Canada, be it the healthcare system or law enforcement. And then we've seen the weaponization of, uh, you know, very important issues like vaccine hesitancy by the government. And I think that that's really fertile ground for people to want to believe that an external organization could have Influence over the government, when in reality it's really our government that's just screwing up at this point. I I, I don't mm-hmm. subscribe to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset theory. I think it was crackers. I read it and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, it, it read like a leftist manifesto. When the leader of the World Economic Forum came out and tried to you know take credit for influencing politicians around the world in terms of Canada like, as a marketing tool. You know, I was disgusted. Uh, I thought that was shameful and and, and irresponsible. Um, but there's broader problems here in terms of the functionality of Canadian democracy with so many people wanting to believe that an organization like the WEF, which is frankly, Rob, like it is a glorified left-wing think tank that yeah, puts on yeah. lobbyists. Like, that's what it is it has the capability to control our government i think that actually belies the fact that canadians just don't trust their government and it's incumbent upon politicians to restore that trust not to make it worse by either perpetuating conspiracy theories and profiting off of it as members of my party have done or on the left like justin trudeau has done by weaponizing issues like vaccine hesitancy and refusing to listen to canadians who want restrictions lifted, like much of the other the other parts of the world have, and like the government's own scientists have, rec- have recommended. We're at this point of ridiculousness in Canadian politics, where you've got politicians on both sides of the political spectrum ratcheting up rhetoric to, to inflame tensions for political gain instead of trying to give people in this country something to believe in, to trust in. And... That's why there is fertile grounds for conspiracy theories. Personally, what that's meant for me, and I never, like, look, this is not about me. I, I rarely speak about my experience because I chose to serve the public. And I think politicians that try and make it about themselves, they, they lose the plot. But I will say for me, I've experienced personal violence. I can't go for, out for dinner in Calgary anymore. Uh, it's very hard for me to go in my commu- around in my community because of personal threats, like serious threats to my safety. Because people believe this theory and believe that I'm somehow part of this. I don't think anybody in this country could accuse me of being a liberal. I've, I've been no. accused of being a lot of things. But, yeah. like, I, we need to take the temperature down. Everybody does. My party, the liberals. I and mean, we need to start listening to each other as human beings again so that we can actually heal as a country. You know, I'll just close with this everybody in this country everybody who's listening to this has suffered a trauma over the last 2 years you might not recognize it but we have we've had loss of freedoms we've seen great political instability inflation people have lost their jobs we need to to get through this we need a plan to lift restrictions permanently fix some of the systemic failures of you know like like the healthcare system deal with inflation but we have to start listening to each other again and like i these people who are promoting these theories and also governments that aren't listening to the reasons why there there's fertile ground for this are to blame mm-hmm. and we all like i have a responsibility here too i tried to do that with this piece is just say like look here's my perspective this is how i think we need to fix it but man we've got a lot of work to do to cut in this country and you know the world's on a precipice right now Is particularly given what's happening in ukraine um, and I just, I this is my appeal to logic and reason to the people in our community that, like, and to, to, to Trudeau, to the leaders of in my party, like, we have to give people a reason to trust again. And yeah. and it starts with individual responsibility.
1: Yeah, I really hope people read it because, you know, regardless of, you know, how you feel about these issues, and maybe a lot of folks out there haven't really even heard of the world economic forum to begin with, uh, I think it's important that, that people read this. It seems like it's got a lot of reactions since whoever it was hit published, maybe that was was Chen Gerson, whoever uh, hit the publish button. It's <laughs> it got a lot of reaction <laughs> <laughs> since then. What have you been hearing uh, since this, this went live?
0: It's been uniformly positive. Um, I think it, what I was trying to do is not cast blame, but and, and also take some personal blame to just give a moment of sobriety on, like, everybody has somebody, or maybe, you know, somebody who's listening here has had times where, you know, in the last couple of years, you're stuck at home, you're doom-scrolling through social media, and you're trying to explain a reason or come up with a reason in your head on why the world has gone to hell and why people aren't listening. And I get it. Like, I get why people Mm -hmm. would believe this stuff, but the reality is actually harder to wrap your brain around, which is that our government systems, are so broken that people believe that somebody could come in and, like, just take it over by inviting a couple of people to a cocktail party, you know? And and when in reality, I really think that leaders of all political stripes, liberal, conservative, NDP, whatever, have failed this country. And it's a moment of reckoning where we have to figure out how we are going to reestablish trust with Canadians. And Canadians, in turn, have to say, Maybe I'm being manipulated into believing something by social media algorithms. Maybe I could affect political change through different ways, like getting involved in electing candidates or, you know, writing to members of parliament. But, like, the the, the, the conspiracy theory propagation, I'm going to tell people right now, like, the cold reality is that government has failed Canadians, particularly through this pandemic. At every level of government, across political stripes, And rather than just going forward, repeating talking points, denigrating people, ratcheting up the rhetoric on both sides, leaders need to take accountability and start telling Canadians how they're going to fix it, as opposed to just trying to pit us against each other and hope that we ignore the problems that they've created. And I do think that this conspiracy theory, and that's exactly what it is, is it's exactly what leaders in government want they want Canadians to blame problems on something else rather than holding them to account for the policy failures and the decisions that they've made and I'm going to cast blame all around on that so you know it's um, as a leader in our community my you know my, my duty isn't first to my party my duty is to you know people in Huntington Hills, Panorama Hills, Edgemont in Calgary Centre North that's my that's the duty to them and I'm looking around and going they deserve better, and it has to start with me, and it has to start with everybody else. So, you know, to, to people of all political stripes, that's my call to action on this show today. Let's listen to each other. Let's demand leader, better from our leaders and to colleagues who are in government at any letter level. Do better.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, Michelle. Again, thanks for writing this piece, and uh, really do appreciate making some time for us uh, here today. Hope you get some downtime this weekend. Uh, all the best, <laughs>
0: Michelle. Be well.
1: All right, you too. Uh, That is uh, Calgary Nose Hill conservative MP Michelle Rempel, uh, Michelle Rempel-Garner. So you can find this piece, uh, theline.substack.com. You can find Michelle on on social, on Twitter, Facebook, elsewhere. and She's linked to this piece. Uh, Really interesting deep dive on all of this. And it, it is bizarre to me that this became a thing, and I don't know when exactly it became a thing. It certainly wasn't a thing when Stephen Harper spoke twice at the World Economic Forum. But uh, it's it's very much a thing now. And it's sad to see. And I'll even call him up Brian Jean this week, you know, pandering to to these conspiracy theories. That's that's sad to see. I think we deserve better. Anyway, we've got a lot more to get to uh, over the course of this hour here. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.